Good day to you, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Film Focus, episode 19, The Doctor Strange, spoiler-free review. another episode of film focus now it has been a long time since the last episode and for anyone that was actually you know following this podcast i have to apologize i thought i did fall off the face of the earth but i had so much going on during the latter side of the summer into the autumn season that i just couldn't find the time my schedule changed up and my whole like you know original schedule for doing this podcast just changed dramatically but now i feel like i've got around that so i think i may be able to start doing episodes again um i'm not sure if it'll still be on a weekly basis but it'll be for every major film that comes out if i had the time so it is november and doctor strange has finally come out in america Whereas us over here in the UK have had it for a week now. And I have seen the film a total of three times. And I am loving it so much that I just had to talk about it. There was no way I was not going to talk about this film. Um, Doctor Strange has been one of my most anticipated films of 2016. And considering that the summer overall was a bit of a disappointment with a good few of my you know, most anticipated films, like, you know, just failing. Doctor Strange had to make up for that. And, um, <laughs> I love the film. It was good. It was really good. I, I thought it was uh, solid, really good. But it was also just another great addition to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And it, you know, fit in with the general tone that we've come to expect from Marvel films. But it was also so different, so crazy, and just like, you know, very unique. And, you know, obviously I'll get into all that stuff in, like, you know, the meat of the review. But to uh, let you know up front, I really like Doctor Strange. That film was damn good. It is not without issues, that is for sure. But, you know, as just someone that was, like, you know, was it hype for the film? But had, like, you know, a lot of uh, caution before going into it. It was solid. So, yeah. I'm going to break this thing down by, like, stuff that I like, stuff that I didn't like as much. And then we'll give you the overall score at the end. So sit back, relax, and uh, listen to my sounds. But before I get into the stuff that I liked and disliked about Doctor Strange, I just wanted to give you a brief story synopsis for those who are uninformed. So it goes a little bit like this. Doctor Stephen Strange is a brilliant yet arrogant neurosurgeon who, through a car accident, basically ruins his hand. And when Western medicine fails him, he goes to the east of the earth to go about and you know, find a cure. And through his travels, he comes across the Ancient One who draws him into the world of the mystic arts, you know, magic and sorcery and all that kind of stuff. And so Strange has to put aside his ego and open his mind to become a hero and save the world from the dark forces that wish to go about and, like, you know, mess up the world, basically. And that is sort of the general gist of Doctor Strange without going into the area of spoilers. Now let's talk about stuff that I liked about the film. 
Um, straight from the trailers, you had a pretty good idea of where the story was going to go in terms of who Stephen Strange was, what his life was before and after the accident, and then the kind of journey that it was going to go on to become the hero that we know him as from, like, you know, the comics and stuff like that. And the trailers did a good job of illustrating the story, but it gave you just, like, you know, a very surface level of what was to come. Doctor Strange is a very unique, very interesting, very, like, you know, was it thought-provoking kind of film. And, yes, it definitely has shades of, like, you know, comic book films that we've seen before, like Batman Begins, and, you know, in terms of, like, Doctor Strange's story arc, it definitely has some similarities to what happened with Tony Stark in the first Iron Man film. But basically everyone just deserves a pat on the back. They took what was pretty much the hardest sell from Marvel Studios yet, more so than Thor, Guardians, and Ant-Man, and made it work in a tangible way. It was solid, fun, and entertaining for sure, but as not only an adaptation of the source material, which was like, you know, bloody solid from, you know, what I know Doctor Strange to be as a casual fan, but also just make it work for people who've never really heard of Doctor Strange. It was just, it was so good, so good. Um, so yeah, the stuff I liked about the story was that, again, it was a origin story, which some people have become tired of, but for certain characters, it's necessary to like, you know, show where they've come from and then like show how they become who they are. And Doctor Strange would be impossible without an origin story. And I think the origin story was solid. Again, it was familiar, yet very different. And I just like how this film had its own sense of style. It had a lot of unique elements from like the story and the way it was presented in the cinematography and the visual imagery and even just like being in locations like Kathmandu and certain areas of London and New York just look again different to what we've seen in other Marvel films before. It's just very different and unique. You can just tell from the time this film starts. It's different. But it, it's a nice kind of different. And one of the main things that I really enjoyed about this film was the sense of excitement that you get from the stuff that happens. The mystery, the humor, which, uh, you know, works and doesn't work so much, which we'll get into later. But, you know, for the most part, it works. Um, but there are some really good themes about, you know, the corruption of power, trust and betrayal, changing for the better and the essential themes about like you know life and death and immortality were just handled so well and it, I didn't expect those themes to have as much of an impact as they did in this film but they were really really good and um, once again this film did really well just to incorporate magic into the MCU because with Thor they sort of alluded to like you know the sort of magical elements of the MCU but they sort of rationalized it as science that humans don't necessarily understand with Thor the Dark World they definitely just science the hell out of it and took away any sort of magical elements but with Ant-Man you sort of got a hint of some of the weirder side of like you know what could happen with the Marvel Cinematic Universe and Doctor Strange just dives like balls deep into it it gets so dense with that stuff but it was done so well, and I really liked it. Oh, and the cast. Good gravy, this cast. When this cast was being assembled, like, you know, as the uh, film, just before the film went into production, I was just like, look at this cast. It's incredible. Benedict Cumberbatch, Tilda Swinton, Chiwetel Ejiofor, Maz Mikkelsen, Benedict Wan, Rachel McAdams. You had, like, such a stellar cast of characters. I'm just like, bloody hell. 
These, these guys are going to kill it, and for the most part, they really do. Let's start with my boy, Benedict Cumberbatch. I have loved that man ever since my mates convinced me to watch Sherlock about, what, four years ago? I, I've become, like, you know, his biggest fan. I've not seen him in anything where I'm just like, he's put out a bad performance. Benedict Cumberbatch is my boy, and he killed it in this film. Stephen Strange is not one of the most likable characters in the MCU that we've been presented with. He's quite arrogant, rude, self-centered, and not very likable just in general. He's similar to Tony Stark, but I feel like he went that one step further into being a bit more of a douche. He pretty much is a douchey character, but there is a charm, uh, a cockiness, a swagginess to him that, like, you know, you kind of attach to in the beginning, just a tiny bit. He... He's a douche, but he's a likable douche. But I think that's also because of, like, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch's, like, you know, acting skills. But as the film goes on, he goes on this journey. And once you see what he sees, you want to see this guy become more, to transform, to stop being a douche and become an actual hero that you can root for. And certainly, this guy has a wonderful character arc in this film. He has a lot of really interesting, like, you know, what's it, uh, character traits. The dude's very smart, adaptable, but he's also still, like, you know, thinking about himself too much. Um, and oh, Benedict Cumberbatch, he just brings such a such a sense of energy and charm and just charisma to this role. And he, he just kills it. When he's on the screen, he's magnetic. And I love what he brought to this character. When you see this film and after it's over, you could never see any other person doing a job as well as he did. And... Benedict Cumberbatch, it felt like he just slotted into this role so well, and he was just fabulous. But someone else who might have stole the film entirely was Tilda Swinton as the Ancient One. Now, obviously, they changed the race of, like, the Ancient One from an Asian character to a white lady. Um, and, yes, it, 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 it does get into that weird, like, you know, sort of controversial bubble, but I don't want to get into that today. I feel like for what they did for the character in the film, it was bloody solid. And this version of the Ancient One was incredibly smart, witty, uh, cruel but fair, and just an overall badass, very wise, and Swinton just brought such a level of gravitas to the role. She, there's just so many subtle things that she was able to do with, like, you know, there's the certain ways that she li delivered, like, you know, certain speeches and sentences, or it's just certain subtle emotions that she was able to do with her face, whether it was, like, you know, fruit, like, you know, something serious or, like, you know, humorous. She just had all those wonderful, like, you know, ranges of emotion. And the interaction that she has with not only Benedict Cumberbatch, but Chibotel Edgia 4 is really good. But there is this one moment, one moment between her and, like, you know, was it, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch in the film, which I won't spoil, but it is a beautiful, really well done moment. And it's one of those sort of quiet moments in the MCU films that I adore. And I think it will go right up there with some of these other subtle moments that I love, like, you know, the moment with uh, Peggy Carter and Steve Rogers in Winter Soldier. That, that was a great moment, too. Believe me, when you see the scene, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Another really good role I found in the film was Chibotel Ejiofor as Baron Mordo. Now, this character was slightly different from the comics, but in a very good way. He has a very similar character arc to another character from one of the phase one films and then i know i don't want to say who it is 
because then I feel like it'll be giving away his sort of character arc in this film as well but Baron Mordo is like you know one of the students of the Ancient One he's headstrong very wise himself and him and Strange have a very interesting relationship one of respect and animosity like you know subtle animosity and I feel like Chiwetel Ejiofor brought a great sense of uh, urgency to this character he was committed to this role and Chiwetel Ejiofor I love him in a lot of films I love him in just almost everything that he's ever committed to and here he was really good I just like when he got a little bit more aggressive in the film Chiwetel Ejiofor like you know just delivers a lot of his uh, lines with such a energy and passion and uh he commits this role so well and, and he has so many like nice scenes with uh swinton and uh cumberbatch but i feel like his character just like has so much more going on just like you know bubbling under the surface and when you see like you know where his character ends up you you want to see more of him edge of killed it in this film as well i really liked what they did with this character another character i really liked was rachel McAdams as christine palmer she and Doctor Strange have like you know an interesting relationship in this film and uh, while I don't want to give away too much about how that relationship functions in terms of how they've known each other and you know where that takes them in this film I feel like Rachel Adams was a nice character she was nice she was serviceable in her role and I also liked just how with this love interest for Doctor Strange as opposed to some of the other Marvel films that felt forced. This one didn't feel forced. It felt like it had the right levels of like, you know, is it human emotion and it was just nice. It it just felt right and it just it just didn't feel like, you know, is it forced? That's the that's the best part about it. <laughs> um and then there's Mads Mikkelsen as Cassilius and for me, I thought he was pretty decent. He's a cut above like a lot of like, you know, the other forgettable Marvel villains that we've had in the last few years. And while it doesn't completely correct the issue of like, you know, the Marvel villain thing going on the MCU right now, I still feel like his motivations were good. And from a visual standpoint, the guy was pretty intimidating and Mikkelsen's performance was pretty good also. And then there's Benedict Wong as Wong and he was pretty good. He was just so stone-faced, cold, like, you know, is it unemotional? And uh, he was used a good comical effect, but he also had, like, uh, some very nice moments with Cumberbatch and some of the other characters. I feel like this guy has a lot more to say, and I feel like we'll see more of him in the sequels as well. Well, I'm assuming that if Doctor Strange gets more than one sequel, which I hope that it does. But let's talk about the major selling point of Doctor Strange, the visual presentation. Holy cow! This film was a beast! And like, you know, if you can tell from that statement, yeah, the film is pretty insane with the visual effects. Now obviously you saw tiny bits of that in the trailers and obviously if you saw Ant-Man and like what they did with the microverse in that film, like you know, in that crazy trippy sequence, then you had like, you know, a small idea of what to expect in Doctor Strange, but let me tell you, you're not, you're not prepared for the sort of LSD acid trip kind of sequences that these guys are going to throw at you, man, because there are some sequences, which I can't tell you where they are in the film because this is a spoiler-free review after all, 
but there are some moments where you're just like, what the heck am I watching? Did they put something in, like, you know, my coke before I got into the cinema screen? Because this stuff is crazy. And if you attempt to watch this on drugs, I guarantee you it's not going to be a good time. Or it might be, depending if you can handle that kind of stuff. But, like, mind-blowing, crazy stuff, especially on a big screen in 3D as well, is, is madness. The stuff that they were able to come up with in the, you know, visual effects department from like, you know, an artistic point of view, but also just with the use of color, lighting and just the creativity that went into this, you know, it's madness. Some of it feels like, you know, horror inspired, but also you can tell that it's inspired by the comic book source material as well. And it feels like it's actually just lifted from some of those old Steve Ditko, like, you know, art that you found in the comics as well but some of it is just insane you're just like what and it's so good it's gorgeous some of those crazy sequences are mad but it's also just really impressive the way in which they've taken like you know the foundations of essentially what inception did but times it by like 100 1000 and this is inception on crack and some of those sequences are just what in the heck the cinematography is gorgeous and the way in which they're able to illustrate these uh all these magical happenings from like you know the astral projection to uh you know the uh building shifting and uh some of these like you know crazy sequences that like strange goes on on like you know stuff in the dark dimension it's all done with such caring beautiful choreography and it's insane that's all i can say it's just something to watch and like i've seen the film three times and i'm still just like just as giddy to watch as i was the first time not a shot the third time around because i obviously have seen it a few times but it's still just beautiful insanity madness beautiful madness um and speaking of choreography there's also some hand-to-hand combat sequences in here which i didn't expect to see as much as i did this film also happens to have like you know sort of respect for the martial arts and sort of incorporates some of its choreography from like you know the sort of old school martial arts films that you found in the 1970s and the way in which they incorporate that with the magic is just beautiful it's so well done just the fight choreography the action the visual effects it it's on point man it's just it's insane so good and then we also have to talk about the really good stuff that was done with the soundtrack done by Michael Giacchino. That's how I say his last name, but I've recently learned his Giacchino. At least I think that's how you say his name. I might adapt, but I might just stick with Giacchino for now because that's just easier for me to say. But when I heard Giacchino was going to be attached to Doctor Strange to compose the soundtrack for it, I was like, hallelujah! Because Giacchino has made some of my favorite soundtracks in recent years, especially with the... Uh, J.J. Abrams' Star Trek films, um, and Dawn of the Planet of the Apes as well, and, you know, the stuff that he did with Pixar, especially with Up, and man, he did well with this film, seriously, guys, this soundtrack, I think, will go under a lot of, like, you know, people's radars, because it's one of the sort of soundtracks that works within the context of the film, but you... If you're not paying attention, you'll miss all the subtle details, all the beautiful nuances that he was able to create with the soundtrack, there are definitely shades of his recent Star Trek, like, you know, uh, compositions in there, which was fine for me because I love the music in those films. Um, but there's a sort of, I don't know, almost Constantine-esque sound to it. Now, if you guys watched the uh, short-lived Constantine TV show on NBC, if, like, from 2014, was it? 
I can't remember which year it was, but anyway. That main theme song had, like, you know, this sort of really weird, I don't know what kind of instrument you would call it, like, you know, um, interesting twang to it, especially in the main theme song. And they implement that into the uh, Dr. Strange soundtrack to a wonderful effect where it has this almost sort of medieval kind of sound to it. And it's gorgeous. But I feel like there are some really beautiful moments that are littered throughout where the film is very dramatic, especially with the use of choirs. There's just a really nice balance of the dramatic material, but also just a lot of really subtle moments. And these subtle moments, I think, are some of my favorites throughout the film. But what really works for this film is the credit music. Not only the sort of early credit music before the first post-credit scene, but also the main end credit music before, like, you know, the final post-credit scene. Some of that stuff is just gorgeous. It's just the instruments that he uses, Mr. Giacchino uses in there. It's just insane. And I feel like it was a really big missed opportunity to not incorporate that into the main film and have it in the credits instead. I feel like in the next film, if there is a Doctor Strange number two, which I pretty much assume that there is, this theme song needs to be front and center because they did incorporate parts of it into some of the key heroic scenes, which were really good. There was like, you know, just some really beautiful moments in that film but that end theme song is incredible really well done and i feel like it just needs to be heard more so incorporate that main theme into the film with dr strange number two it's a really good theme and it just needs to be heard in the film rather than in the credits so that's all the stuff that i enjoyed about the film but what about the stuff i didn't like while the pros definitely outweigh the cons with Doctor Strange, I feel like there were still a few nitpicks slash issues that I had with the film that prevented me from enjoying it more. So let's start with that magic. Firstly, I feel like this film did a great job of incorporating magic and explaining the way in which it works, you know, within the confines of the real world and the way in which it works within the mystical world. And the rules that they set up were pretty good. However, there was a few instances where I found myself not so much confused as much as I was just questioning some of the rules within like you know the way in which the characters were using on screen I was just like okay so you guys said that this works this way but it feels like something else is happening in a way that sort of contradicts the rules that you've given us beforehand but I don't know if that was just be like you know not paying attention or if it was just like the rules weren't explained enough but I feel like just a tiny bit more time explaining the rules about like you know the magic um, especially when it came to like some of the stuff with astral projection um, would have helped a little bit more. Also, I feel like the passage of time in Doctor Strange was kind of hard to place. While there's not really been too many Marvel films that have ever given you like, you know, a very specific caption on the screen that says, oh yeah, six months later or a year later, there's not really been that much of that. Um, but say after Doctor Strange got into his accident and like you know started trying to look for western cures and then went to Kathmandu did his training there's just not a very good representation of time between how long Doctor Strange was looking for a cure when he got to Kathmandu and how long his training lasted with the ancient one it felt like there was just I doubt it would have been days but from the way in which the film was shot and like the way in which like you know things were happening it could have been days it could have been weeks months or years and you would assume it was years because of like you know the extensive looking that Doctor Strange had to do to try and like you know fix himself and the training that he did with the Ancient One was definitely like you know not that long you'd assume 
but there was just not a very good job of like you know telling us like you know the passage of time between like you know point a to point b and then there's the humor while there was definitely um a lot more humor than i expected some of it worked but some of it really didn't some of those jokes like you know landed a bit flat for me and then there is some of the characters that i felt like you know got a little short-handed um rachel mcadams is uh christine palmer was a great character i thought she was serviceable in a role and i thought she was great but the problem was that i felt like a little bit more screen time would have been would have done a good it would have just allowed us to see if we got to see a little bit more of her in her own environment and like you know was it just got to see some time with her without steven maybe like you know was it with the other like you know was it dr guy that she worked with just to have some moments between those guys just to flesh out what was going on with her in the hospital or maybe her at home that would have been good the same could be said for baron mordo while i love this character arc i feel like there could have been more time dedicated to him and uh you know the ancient one's relationship because while you got to see it i feel like his character was so rich it could have been like you know expanded upon a little bit more but obviously you have the main villain problem and i definitely feel like Cassilius was a step above like some of the other like you know villain efforts that they've given us in recent years but i still feel like his character could have done with a lot more backstory it's just some i i'd say like some three or four minutes dedicated to like backstory with him or like seeing him with his minions uh you know planning and doing stuff or just a little bit more explanation because like you know we get to find out what he is and what his general plan was and why he came to the ancient one and why he turned from the ancient one and became a villain but more time dedicated to him would have been would have done the film wonders really five to ten minutes more of Cassilius would have been would not would not have gone amiss so yeah that's pretty much it uh my overall thoughts on Doctor Strange is this go out and see it especially in IMAX is bloody gorgeous the interesting thing about Doctor Strange is that it's familiar yet fresh at the same time it offers a lot of new and interesting things that we haven't seen not only from Marvel film but the superhero film genre in general and it is this continued change in style pace and like you know presentation that makes the superhero genre such a interesting one to watch when you go to the cinema I can definitely see that this film won't be for everyone. Some people might find it boring. Some people might find it confusing. And um, especially after like you know, the awesome time that a lot of us had with Civil War earlier this year, this might just seem like you know a random like you know sort of not so interesting runner-up kind of film. But I feel like Doctor Strange has like a lot of the great elements that come with like these Marvel solo films. And um, to me, it's definitely like not top tier marvel cinematic universe material but it is definitely like you know was it pretty much in that high mid tier of like marvel films and i would say it's definitely worth a watch for the visuals the performances and the overall story out of a rating if i had to give it one i'd give it a solid eight a solid eight with a good recommendation though because there's nothing quite like dr strange out right now and um i can see that this guy is gonna have like you know a pretty decent role to play when infinity war comes around and definitely stick around for those two end credit scenes because they have some pretty good significance as well so yeah that's me done thank you for listening and uh, if you do have any thoughts about the strange be sure to drop them in the comment section below on soundcloud or be sure to holler at me online where i am the hypersonic 55 on twitter or film focus 55 
on Twitter as well. And um, yeah, if you want to send me an email, be sure to send an email to thehypersonic 55 at gmail.com. So thank you for listening. Thank you if you're like, you know, a returning viewer. Thank you for sticking around and like, you know, coming back to this podcast. And hopefully this will be the start of the film focus resurgence. So until the next time, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Hypersonic 55 of Film Focus. Signing out.